I will just say this, because I'm single, and that's another whole story of my life, but the Lord has purposely, I can see now as I look back, has purposely kept me single because it has given me opportunities to go places that I probably would not be able to go had I had a family. So uh, anyway, he started opening my mind to uh, third world countries, especially through a dear friend, Esther Morales, who was from Peru in the marvelous way the Lord brought us together. I got to Peru several times and I learned so much from the dear, difficult, hard areas where those dear people live that she knew. Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. I am really excited about the show today. Back in the early 1980s, about 1980, I started attending Mid-South Bible College. At the time, the school was located here in Memphis at the corner of Union and Hollywood. I had the opportunity to live in the men's dorm. They called it the Tin Can because it was a metal building just off the side parking lot. And I guess it would hold probably 9, 10, maybe 12 guys that were coming to prepare for ministry. At the time, I was fairly a new believer in Jesus Christ, and so I wasn't totally sure exactly what I was looking to do in the way of ministry. but. I knew I was hungry to know more about God's Word. I remember some of those classes in the morning that we would have Dr. Crichton at 715 for Christian Life Doctrine, Paul Davison for Old Testament Survey, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Allman for John, and boy, was that tough. But uh, <laughs> some of these great men of God that came and poured their lives into students that were preparing for ministry. One of the benefits of living in the dorm was you got to eat the cafeteria food. There was a special lady that was in charge of the dorm services for the women and for the kitchen services, and her name was Marilyn Knapp. What a delightful lady. She actually lived up in the dorm with the girls and oversaw the girls' needs and ministered to them. We became friends. We had something in common, and we'll share that in a moment, but she's right here right now. She's in the studio, and this is something (laughs) that I've been looking forward to. Miss Marilyn Knapp, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Thank you so much. I can't believe I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) And you found us. You didn't have any trouble, did you? No, no. I have a lot of friends who help. (laughs) It was such a treasure. Back a few months ago, I received a call from a lady, one of our listeners, and she said, there's a lady in town I really would like for you to meet. She's not going to be here very long, but if you could schedule an interview with her, I think you'll really enjoy that. So who is it? She said, Marilyn Knapp. I said, oh, my goodness. I didn't know where you were. I hadn't heard from you in years. But anyway, that started us getting reacquainted, and here we are today. So where's your home base? I know you travel the world. Grand Rapids, Michigan is my home. Okay, now, so I want to kind of back up if we can and get your backstory, because I know you from Mid-South Bible College, taking care of students there. But what I want to find out more is about you growing up, your family. Give me some background story. Okay. I was very ill as a child at seven years of age, and uh, uh, the Lord miraculously healed me uh, after a a half a year in bed. And uh, shortly after that, my mother led me to Jesus, and Jesus became my Savior. I wanted Him to be my Savior. And then uh, when I was 12 years old, I dedicated my life to him, and I said, Jesus, I want to serve you wherever you want me to go. And so that was uh, the beginning of my outreach look, (laughs) and I was very grateful. And then as I got older, I I was taking a a teacher's degree in college, and so I had summers free 
first I was thinking a little bit selfishly, which was very wrong, and the Lord corrected me. I was thinking I wanted to go someplace in the summer where I could read and see friends and travel, since I had worked all hard all winter. Well, the Lord changed that. When I graduated from college, he put in my mind, my summers were his too. And I realized, yes, Lord, I want my summers to be yours. And in miraculous ways now for, well, I'm in my 80s, high 80s, <laughs> and the Lord has brought amazing experiences. And in all those experiences, he has answered that desire that I had of traveling, reading, and meeting friends and being with people. My goodness. I can't believe it, and I share it with others. And that's really why I'm excited to hear about some of your travels, because God has been using you in, in some wonderful ways. Uh, how did you actually get to come to Memphis originally when you started working on staff at Mid-South Bible College? What was the initial connection that brought you to Memphis? Oh, well, uh, it was just the Bible college, actually, okay. yes. I, I was looking for a Bible college to work in, and uh, he led me to Mid-South. I had never heard of it before. <laughs> well, you mentioned a moment ago about your summers being spent as the Lord would use you for ministry. Yes. And one of the places that you used to travel back in the day when you were at Mid-South in the summer was Middestill in Austria. And, Amen. And, and the reason I have the connection, because, you know, I spent three months living in Austria. You might not remember that, but while I was at Mid-South, I attended Operation Mobilization. I spent about three months traveling all over Austria and fell in love with the people in, in the country. I didn't even want to come back and, and finish school. I wanted to stay in Austria. I remember being in Vienna on a park bench talking to my team leader from Germany <laughs> and saying, I don't want to go back to Memphis. I want to stay here, you know. But God in his providence led me to come back. And when I did, that's how I met Pam, my wife now for 35 years. She was a student at Mid-South entering school that next semester. And so it's interesting coming Amen. back and how God, you know, has his timing. But tell Amen. me about this ministry at the castle. Oh, amen. I know exactly how you felt because I had trouble coming back every summer. At the end of summer, I had to get back and teach. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I loved working there. The Lord opened doors that I would never have dreamed he had for me. And I'm, I'm still thanking him for it. He uh, introduced me to work in dining halls. I found out what a joy it was and what a ministry it was to serve people food yeah. <laughs> and to teach people how to serve properly. Yes. Yeah. And so it, it was uh, very enlightening. It was a lot of fun. Not only that, but we served so many different countries there that would come for respite and for um, various retreats, right. and it opened my eyes. It was one of the beginnings of opening my eyes to the needs around the world. Now, uh, at that time, I believe now that the former the Soviet Union empire was still very dominant at that time, and, yes. and so I believe many of the students who would come were kind of incognito in some degree when they would come take classes there and spend time there to learn about Christ and study the Bible. Exactly, exactly, and then we had other dear ones from difficult countries. Sometimes we had to get special permission for them to be able to come, and it was such a blessing to learn. I, I'm still thinking just one of one blessing. This is just one of many, many, many blessings. But we had some dear students from Lebanon, and they were singing some beautiful Christian words that they had sung to the tune of Edelweiss. Now, maybe some of you know that tune of Edelweiss from Sound of Music. Yes. <laughs> and and they have beautiful Christian words. So now when I sing the, the uh, German Edelweiss words, then I like to also <laughs> sing 
the beautiful Christian words oh, to the my. same tune. <laughs> yes. That was actually a beautiful setting, as you mentioned, up in the Swiss, where the Swiss Alps actually come into Austria. Yes. You're in this beautiful castle setting. Yes. But that was where God really touched the hearts of a lot of oh, people. Oh, my goodness, yes. I look back and I think of, all, of hundreds and hundreds of people from many different backgrounds who were lifted up and brought to Jesus in that area. And so it thrills our hearts yet as we think about it. Miss Nett, one of the things that stands out to me about your life is the fact that God's given you a ministry of helping people. A dear friend that lives locally, Kim Wicks, who is from Korea, she's blind, has an incredible voice. God has used her in many ways, but you have a relationship and have assisted her in her work in ministry. And I was just trying to thank Gloria, the opera singer. I think she was a Metropolitan singer, was it? Ruth Welting. Oh, excuse me, Ruth Welting. Welting. I apologize. That's right. But you also assisted her in her work. Yes, right, right. I just thank the Lord for all the different blessings he has brought in my life through different people. And it has shown me that each of us has something to give to others if we're willing, if we don't hide ourselves. (laughs) Yes. You think that's something that when someone surrenders their life to Jesus Christ and he becomes their Lord and they become, the Bible says, anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation, that he, in that relationship as we follow him, because he was compassionate, he was so servant to other Mm -hmm. people, that that spirit of Christ lived out in us is what he wants us to do. And I think so. And as we pray and ask him to use us in whatever way he wants to, I believe this is the way he leads us then, to uh, share of ourself and his love with others. Where did God take you when you left Mid-South, ministry-wise? That was when he started opening up the world to me, actually, in mission trips. I will just say this, because I'm single, and that's another whole story of my life, but the Lord has purposely, I can see now as I look back, has purposely kept me single because it has given me opportunities to go places that I probably would not be able to go ahead. I had a family. So uh, anyway, he started opening my mind to uh, third world countries, especially through a dear friend, Esther Morales, who was from Peru in the marvelous way the Lord brought us together. I got to Peru several times and I learned so much from the dear, difficult, hard areas where those dear people live that she knew. And we learned from them. I learned from all the people that I visit in these hard countries. Something you told me right before we started our interview today was a gentle push. You had a lesson that you learned from someone about a gentle push. That story was in the uh, country of Peru that I was just talking about. I was visiting uh, with my dear friend, Esther, and we were ministering down there in a little village in the uh, Amazon jungle area. This one day, we were living in the home of a little home on stilts (laughs) because of the water that would wash under the homes there, right near the river. Esther and I were uh, staying in this little home with the pastor and his wife. And this one morning, the pastor's wife said to me, oh, this afternoon, we're going to have a very wonderful treat. We're going up the river. We'll get in the boat, and then we'll go up the river because actually the river is the only road in that jungle area. It's the only way you can get anywhere. We're going to go there, and we're going to meet with some new Christians, new believers. She was so excited, but my heart sank, because immediately I thought, "Uh uh-oh, that means I've got to get in a boat, and I've got to go right on that river. I don't know how long, and I cannot swim, and I'm scared stiff. What am I going to do, Lord? I was praying in my heart, and I prayed and prayed, 
before long, the afternoon came and she was ushering me down to the water. And I couldn't stay back. I didn't have the right to. They had been so precious to us. We got down to this little rowboat. I call it that. That's what it looked like. It was going to see 10 of us. And I thought, how? And I couldn't move. I froze. My legs would not carry me into that boat. And then I felt a hand on my shoulder. And it was the pastor's wife. And she was gently pushing me down there into that boat. I could not have gone by myself. But I've learned a lesson, so many lessons from the dear people with whom we've worked. And the lesson the Lord taught me from her was, be ready to give people a gentle push when they need it. Not necessarily into a river boat, but maybe a gentle push to go to the doctor or a gentle push to visit a family that's hurting. Be open to gentle pushes and be willing to give other people gentle pushes. Oh, I love that, Ms. Mm-hmm. Knapp, gentle pushes. And it was such a blessing to me. Because of her gentle push, we took this 20-minute ride up the river with my eyes closed the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a blessed time singing, reading God's Word, and praying with these dear, dear people who had just met Jesus. And I would have missed it if it were not for her gentle push. You know, I'm glad you said that you would have missed it because there are things in our life out of our own fear and fright. You know, we can be uh, bound by those in a way. And sometimes that can be healthy because maybe God's using it to protect us from something. Mm -hmm. But in many cases, we're missing blessings by not stepping out into that and trusting God like you did and and seeing what he did. So that is just so wonderful. (laughs) Now, as you Mm. mentioned, world travels, you've traveled the world and other places, and you continue to travel too, even as you mentioned, upper 80s. We're not going to give exact age. but Oh, I don't care. I'm thankful the Lord has given me 88 years. And just recently, within the last two years, he has verified that I'm to continue this work. I prayed for two years solidly about that because some people were trying to tell me that maybe it would be time for me to stop traveling. And I wasn't sure of that, and I thought, maybe I'm not thinking right. But the Lord made it very clear after I prayed, definitely. And he made it clear that it was to continue traveling. So my prayer to the Lord was, Lord, I will be so thankful to continue to meet these dear, dear people who are so needy in hard places many of them who have never even heard about you. I'll be glad to go if you give me strength and provision until you call me home. Marilyn, can you take us to some of these hard places that you've been to? Can you share some of the stories of people you've met in some of the areas? What can you tell us about some of the people you've met in these hard places? As I said, I learned lessons from uh, all these people because they are so precious. I'll just tell the a little story about this one picture I have right here. These are dear ladies in a very hard place who were in prison. I don't believe that many of them were in prison because they really wanted to do bad things. I think they were forced in one way or another to do wrong things. But uh, these dear ladies right here now have now been released from prison And they are in a a wonderful, the ones in this picture, are in a wonderful ministry led by a dear Christian gal. And they are sewing because when they get out of prison, they have no way to work and no way to earn a living. Where are they going to live? What are they going to eat? And she has worked out a ministry that helps them use their talents, wonderful talents for sewing. They make beautiful things, sell them for what they can and that helps them live 
and it's it's also a ministry. So uh, we're grateful. I've learned from these dear ladies. Talk about the cost of following Jesus and what's connected with that. I mean, I think sometimes we have easy believism sometimes in realizing that Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Yes. What does that mean to you? That we must put aside our personal desires and our personal likes. We must we must put those aside and we must say, Lord, where can you use me the most? Help me not to seek a selfish desire, but yours. I can only speak from personal experience, but I believe the Lord has answered. He has sent me to places that normally I would never dream I was going to, but I have learned from precious people in these hard, hard places. Well, mm-hmm. how do you determine? I'm, I know you pray, I know you stay in the Word, but when you look at all the places, I remember something at Mid-South Bible College I learned. Paul Davison said in mm-hmm. a class I was in, a missions class, he said, the need doesn't constitute the call. There are needs everywhere in the world, Amen. so the need itself doesn't. So how do you determine that you're supposed to go to some of these places? I can only say with my life, it's prayer. I must pray, and I do ask the Lord to lay on my heart the area that he would like me to go to next, because I'm always thinking ahead of what the next two or three areas where I'll go. And I say, Lord, lay that on my heart. And then I wait, and I will find that he does lay these places on my heart. He may give me a phone call, an email, or something that reminds me, and then I look into the need there, the possibility of my going, the dates, and the Lord works it out. I have to just trust him. Trust him. Do you have a travel companion in some of these places, or do you go many times by yourself? Well, most often I will go either to meet a group and work with a group there, because we always do need to have translator. So we're in all of these countries, we work with the Christians who are there, and we support them. Right. But the people can see that we also are Christians because we're working with them, and that's our that's our part of our ministry. Now, now one thing I remember about you, if you don't mind me saying, no. that back in the day when we were at Mid South, you mentioned translation here. But I yes. remember you speak German, don't you? Don't uh, you read some, it? Ge- some German? Some German? I won't speak it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do speak some German because yeah. I worked in, G- in German countries right. for a long time. Yeah, because <laughs> I had received a letter when. I came back from Austria, and, okay. I, and it was in German. And I know you don't remember this, but you translated that for okay. me. Okay, okay. But Amen. you're a single lady. You, you talked about that. Talk about passing maybe a legacy to the next generation of believers. What was your challenge? What's your call to this next generation of believers? As you leave the legacy of Marilyn Knapp of following Christ, what do you want to see them take hold of? I want them to take hold of the immense opportunities there are in following Jesus, and then the privilege of praying to him and asking him to lead where he wants them to serve. Because, yes, there are so many places to serve, as you said, and in so many ways. And we don't know until the Lord really lays it on our hearts and turns us sometimes upside down (laughs) to show us that this is the way I want to use you. Yes. And one of the ways he wanted to use me as a single person, and so he didn't answer my prayer of giving me a husband, (laughs) for which I prayed for 10 years. And that's all right, because he has given me his contentment that I prayed for, and that has lasted 80 years. (laughs) My. Uh, How's your health? 
I'm so thankful for my health. I tell people I'm almost ashamed because I feel guilty I'm, that I'm, the Lord has given me good health. My back is crooked, but that does, that's no hindrance. <laughs> that's from years of cleaning houses. <laughs> but my health is very good, and I'm so grateful. And that's why I want to use my health for the Lord. And so I've said to him, Father, if you continue to give me good health and provision, I will serve in these difficult areas until you call me home. God has a way of using humor. Thinking back over the years, thinking about ways that humor has touched your life. Can you think of anything particular that God has used to humor you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'm not sure, but... uh, I put you on the spot. Yeah, right. (laughs) He surely has surprised me in many ways and used me in ways that I never dreamed. I'm not saying that what I did was marvelous. Whatever I did was the Lord's work, and for that reason, it was good. He's more concerned about our availability, right? I think so. I think so, that we're willing to not only to go, but then to be used. It's one thing to go to a place, but have our eyes closed, wasting our time over there. Yeah, We're not there to just travel and have fun and do this and that, but we're there to serve the people, help them be lifted up. Yes. And if if at all possible, lifted up toward Jesus. Something else I remember about you back in the school days is you knew judo. You took a judo class. Oh, yes. <laughs> because some of the girls in the dorm up there, what my wife was one, you would show them judo and actually flip the girls in the, in the dorm. You remember doing yeah. that? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I wanted to teach them to take care of themselves if they were in a, a difficult spot, in either in the United States or in a foreign land. If they were in a difficult spot and some enemies were trying to affect them, I thought that judo was a good thing to, to use or to know about at least. Yeah. Have you ever had to use that outside the teaching? I haven't had a chance. No, I haven't had a chance. Oh my. So I guess the Lord decided he didn't want me to use it. Wow. Oh, one lesson I learned. Uh, this dear lady came to us after we had held a worship service in a little mission church. Afterward, that dear lady came up to me and said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. I have always felt I was too old to serve Jesus. And now I know I can serve him. And I'm so happy to go forward this week with Jesus and and to be serving him. So I learned a lesson from her. Remind people we are never too old to serve Jesus until the day he takes us home. I love that. (laughs) Uh, Any favorite hymn? You play the piano, too, or used to play uh, the piano. Do Do you still do that? Oh, yes, and organ. (laughs) And organ also. I forgot about the organ. Oh, you're Uh, right, yes. I'm sure there's probably a plethora of hymns and and tunes and praise songs. It's very hard to choose a favorite, but I do have one favorite hymn when people ask. It's my most favorite, and it's called And Can It Be by Charles Wesley, and that's one of my top favorites. A second one is A Mighty Fortress is Our God by Martin Luther. Yes. You know, <laughs> And Can It Be, which I learned in chapel at Mid-South Bible College, oh, good. is one of my favorite songs, too. Good. It is. Well, I'm glad to hear and that. I, that's where I learned it. So I'll tell you, do I have time for a little yeah, tiny story about you, that? Yes. I was working at a camp in Montana, a, a summer camp, and the leader told me, the song leader, I was playing piano for the camp, the song leader said, well, today we're going to start teaching the children. They were intermediate children. We're going to teach them this beautiful hymn, and we're going to teach them one verse a day. There are five verses, and on that last day, we're going to have their parents here, and they will sing it for their parents. It was a new hymn to me. It was, And Can It Be? 
and that's the hymn. Every day we taught one verse to those intermediates. Yeah. They had to learn it by memory. Yeah. And by Friday, they sang five verses, and it's been precious to me ever since. The words are wonderful. Oh, and can <laughs> it be that I should gain an, an interest, interest in my Savior's love? That's right. Died he for me who caused his pain? The words yeah. are beautiful. Yes, they are they so are. beautiful. They are. Marilyn Knapp, God bless you, my dear sister. Thank you for what you continue to do at 88 years old for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Thank you for stopping by and sharing with our friends here on Mid-South Viewpoint today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I never dreamed we were going to do this <laughs> when I made an appointment with you. We thought we were just going to kind of rehash old memories and yeah, kind of catch up on family. That's exactly But I'm but, not going to have you come in the studio without yeah. doing an interview. That's well, for thank sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate that and appreciate the whole audience, all of you who are listening. May you turn your eyes upon Jesus. Amen. <laughs> hey, now, before we say goodbye totally, if folks listening to the program, you have a prayer letter you put out four times a year. After each trip. After each trip. trip. How can people get on that list? The easiest way would be to write to me and just ask. No involvement. Marilyn Knapp, K-N-A-P-P, P.O. Box 7295, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 49510. Marilyn Knapp, Post Office Box 7295, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 49512. And I'll be happy to give anybody who wants it <laughs> to be on the mailing list. <laughs> Marilyn, you have warmed my heart. I'm so thankful that we had this opportunity to get together. And grateful. Thank you for giving me the time. <laughs> Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you have a great afternoon. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.